the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Dayton dismantles Duquesne, Battlestar Galactica. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. Dayton, a 20-point winner. That is three wins in a row for your Dayton Flyers. That is now back-to-back road wins of at least 20 points in conference season. That is impressive. John Tisdale, Dayton wasn't quite a wire-to-wire winner, but it was pretty close. Duquesne's last lead was 7-4. to Dayton tied the game on a three-ball at seven, and they did not look back. It's hard to be upset at much anything of this uh, for this Dayton effort today, Tiz. This is the kind of game you like to see from the Flyers going to Duquesne and just absolutely wiping the floor with mm-hmm. the Dukes program that they're just flat-out better than. Yeah, absolutely. This was Dayton, I think, their last two road performances have been very impressive. Let's grant it, the competition, John, was not that good. GW is at the bottom of the barrel. Duquesne starting over once again because uh, Keith Dambrot has had uh, a lot of players have, have left. They've gone via the transfer portal. They've had a, they had a couple of players playing for SMU. Um, we, rem- we remember that, and they gave Dayton issues uh, early in the year. But the, the two guys that really set the tone, I thought, in the beginning of this game, Deron Holmes and Kobe Elvis. Elvis for the second straight, really third straight game, John, I thought played real well. Um, you know, he had, and I'll look this up, the 16 points he had today, that was a career high. I looked that up. I had to double check that in the game notes. Uh, he had eclipsed 15 points twice. He had 16. That's a career high for him. So Kobe Elvis is playing with a lot of confidence. But Deron Holmes, Johnny, I was impressed. I mean, he really is becoming a force for this Dayton Flyer team. 18 points, a career high for him, five rebounds and assists. He only had one block shot. And of course, as this was discussed during uh, with the Bud Light pregame show with uh, my view from the seats, he's likely going to obliterate that uh, block shots record for freshmen. Um, and the other thing is, Mally Smith, uh, he only had six points, yes. But seven assists, and the thing I liked also about today, uh, Mally Smith only played 29 minutes, Holmes only 30 minutes, and uh, Kamara only 27 minutes. He had 9.6 rebounds. He had a nice game. The other thing, and I'll, I'll add this also, Johnny, only 10 turnovers to 19 assists, nearly a 2-to-1 mar- margin for assist-to-turnover ratio. We haven't been able to say that a whole lot, as Keith Wallace-Kowski noted during the broadcast. So this, to me, I think was a very good performance by the Dayton Flyers in Pittsburgh today. And uh, getting word now that Dayton head coach Anthony Grant is ready to talk about this 20-point win. So what are his thoughts on this 72-52 victory? A second straight A-10 road win of 20 points or more. You're about to find out because he is live courtside in Pittsburgh with Larry Hansgen on the other side of this break right here on the home of the Flyers. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin uh, back here in Pittsburgh. The Dayton Flyers defeat uh, Duquesne uh, 72-52 to the court with Coach Grant. Brought to you by Pickwell, Schaefer, and Ebling, the only law firm you'll ever need. Find out more at pspselaw.com. Coach, uh, obviously you had a good offensive game. The the numbers will speak for themselves, but I I thought the tone was set early defensively, and, and it never stopped. Yeah, you know, our guys did a great job 
with the scout, understanding what we needed to take away from them. You know, they're a very explosive offensive team, so to hold them to 52 points on their home court, we're very pleased with that. Offensively, you know, it didn't it didn't flow right away, but much like the game against St. Louis, Kobe Elvis does his thing. He makes he makes some shots, and then all of a sudden the offense starts to flow. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought our guys did a really good job of understanding from a scouting standpoint what was going to be available, and you know, sometimes offensively, even though you're not making shots, you're getting the shots that you want, and you got to live with the results. You know, so I thought for the most part today. The guys understood what we needed to what we needed to be able to do. I thought we did a really good job for 75, 80 percent of the game of taking care of the basketball, not making careless mistakes, uh, and that that helped us tremendously. So we had a very good uh, from a from an efficiency standpoint, a very good day um, for about 80 percent of the game. You know, so uh, I'm I'm pleased with that, and I, I see guys improving in terms of their understanding of what we got to be able to do. As part of that understanding, I look at a guy like Deron Holmes, who's young but extremely talented. Um, are, are you impressed with his patience in a given game? And that he, you know, he, 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 it's a cliche say, phrase to say, "Let's the game come to him," but he kind of does. Yeah, he does. He's 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 really unselfish. You know, um, sometimes to a fault. Yes, you know? yes. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, you know, I think he has a, a, a very very high IQ in terms of understanding of what we're trying to do. And today, you know, I think he scored 18 points. And a lot of it was he was the beneficiary of unselfishness by his teammates. You know, so I think it becomes contagious. And, that, you know, you kind of want that to be your identity as a team is that when you have guys that are willing to pass up good shots to get teammate great, teammates great shots, you got a chance to be really good offensively. Yeah, 19 assists on 31 made field goals. That's winning basketball. No question. No question. Very, very pleased with that. I thought we shared the ball today. I thought we attacked well. Thought we executed well, you know, and I think uh, again, um, I still think we have a, a another level we can go to, you know. But uh, it's good to see, uh, you know, the the improvement. You know, I think we're starting hopefully to develop a level of consistency in terms of understanding what we got to do on both sides of the ball. So uh, it's it's good to see that. What can you say about the support you got in a road venue? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was awesome, you know, and especially, you know, coming off of last year where you didn't have fans in the building. For a lot of our guys, it's their first experience, especially, you know, uh, in league play. It's different. You know, coming on the road, uh, didn't know what to expect here, you know. But to come out and to, to see we had a whole section with Flyer Faithful out there cheering us on, that was awesome. It was great to see. We certainly appreciate all the support, and uh, it, it was great to see that. We're glad we're able to, to, to send them uh, to the rest of their afternoon with the victory. All right. Sounds good. Let's uh, let's uh, have a nice trip home, and uh, we'll get after it again come Tuesday. Sounds good. Go for All us. right. Uh, that'll wrap things up here. And, again, Dayton in action on Tuesday. We'll be hosting St. Bonaventure. Now, that's the game that had originally been scheduled for January 2nd. Uh, it's rescheduled for Tuesday the 18th. If you had tickets, uh, parking pass, what have you, for that January 2nd game, it's so good for the Tuesday game against the Bonnies. We'll talk more about that coming up, the Anthony Grant Show, Monday night at Frickers on Woodman Drive. On behalf of uh, Keith Wallaskowski, I'm Larry Hanskin. One more time reminding you the final in Pittsburgh was Dayton 72 and Duquesne 52. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. 
the Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Care Source, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub. For all of your UD Flyer game day food and drinks, check out the newly remodeled Flanagan's on Stewart Street. Enjoy that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Flyer Feedback. The Dayton Flyers go to Pittsburgh and just absolutely dismantle the Duquesne Dukes. Dayton 72, Duquesne 52. The final Dayton, a 20-point winner. That is two First of all, it's three in a row overall. It is two straight conference road wins of at least 20 points. Dayton got the GW Colonials last weekend in Foggy Bottom a week ago today by 25. They blow out the Duquesne Dukes by 20 this afternoon in Pittsburgh. It wasn't quite a wire-to-wire win for the Dayton Flyers, but it was pretty darn close. Duquesne's last lead was at 7-4 to with 17 minutes and 13 seconds left in the first frame. Dayton tied it with a three-ball they did not look back. And John Tisdale, we always talk about road wins in college basketball. You take them where you can get them. I don't care how yeah. bad, especially a conference opponent is. Uh, it's always encouraging to go see Dayton just boat race, absolutely boat race, a conference opponent on the road. This is how it should be. Duquesne is a program that you are galaxies better than on every level you can possibly think of uh, and on the micro level just within this year. Uh, as well. So it's good to see Dayton go and take care of business because this is one of the things they struggled with last year. The bottom feeders in the conference, especially on the road, not so, so far this year, Tiz. They take care of business in a blowout and a road win in conference. No question about it. So you're starting to see this team gel in, in, in the first part of conference play after Flyer fans were frustrated, including us, after that game against VCU. And, of course, it was just how things can change in a week and a half. We, you know, we were talking about in the aftermath, week plus after uh, Coach Grant and that postgame interview with Larry Hanskin, and also about uh, uh, also at his postgame conference uh, after that game against VCU. And my 
Things have changed right after that. Uh, you heard Coach Grant talking with Larry just a few moments ago. Uh, was happy with the defensive effort. Was really happy with the way the team understood the scouting report on both sides of the ball. And, of course, talking about the unselfishness of his teammates. 19 assists to their 31 field goals. That is very good at sharing the basketball. And also, he talked about uh, this, this team is developing a level of consistency. And we're starting to see it with this team, John. But and we we saw it not just you know with Deron Holmes and Kobe Elvis who both had career highs eighteen points and sixteen points, uh, Holmes eighteen, Kobe with sixteen, but you know Tamani Kamara seven points six rebounds more importantly one turnover R.J. Blakeney quietly with seven points and five rebounds, Mustafa Amzil eight points uh, he's starting he's he's played well the last three games Mally Smith you know six points seven assists really has taken control not only being the floor general of this team but of course being uh you know the the leader of this team and you know and coach grant talked about this uh really the support from flyer fans in pittsburgh that fans fan support was just tremendous and uh, dayton just i think this was maybe i i know the duquesne is not good john but this may have been dayton's maybe their best overall performance of the season and yes, we can talk about Duquesne not being good, but overall, 19 assists to 10 turnovers. Turnovers has been a problem all year, and Dayton take, taking full advantage of it, 14 points off those turnovers, but also 38 points in the paint and you know eight three-pointers. This was a very balanced effort by the Flyers on both sides uh, of the court. Well, that's the thing. Is this a good Duquesne team? No, absolutely not. They're they're not good if you look at just the eye test. They're not good if you look at their record. Metrically, they're not great. Their net ranking is 200, so this was a quad three game for Dayton. Ken Palm 182. It's, it's not a very good Dukes team, but this is how this program overall, and then I think within this season, starts to take the next step. You start dump trucking awful conference opponents on the road in their places. That's how you take the next step. And you got to develop a level of consistency that we've seen. This team has been all over the freaking map this year, John Tisdale. We've seen the awful three by game losses that continue to be a weight around their neck in terms of the resume, but you can't do anything about it. But we see those three by game losses. Then they go to Orlando. They have a great tournament in Florida. You get good wins against uh, Virginia Tech. You can't quite close the deal against uh, SMU. You have the clunker against VCU in a, in a team that a game that you probably should have won. Uh, you can blame the two-week layoff or whatever for the Flyers, but now they're back on the upswing. And could this be the start of this of this team starting to find itself, find some consistency, and really get on a roll here in the A10? Because look, this is three in a row. You beat a really good. St. Louis team in between just cruising by two road opponents in the A-10. Uh, that's impressive, and and I got to give a hat tip to my buddy Adam on Twitter. He said not even the 2019-2020, that season of dream team, season of dreams team did not win two straight road games. I, back, I went back and checked. He's right. That team, Tiz, they had two 20-point wins on the road. They beat LaSalle by 26 and they beat Rhodey by 27 that year, but those games were almost two full months apart. The LaSalle game was January 2nd, and the URI win on the road was March 4th. So not even that Obi Toppin, Jalen Crutcher team, the 29-2 squad, won back-to-back road games by 20 points, just to put some perspective on what the Dayton Flyers have just done in the last week. Um, and if this team gets hot, you know, Tiz, I, I think they look like a team that that can be in the top four or three of this league. And if they play like this, 
they are more than capable of winning the A-10 tournament. Now you get a good test Tuesday. Okay, how do you, you know, sort of back to upping the level of play of your opponent again. Last week you get a dreadful GW team, but then your midweek game is playing a pretty good St. Louis team. Now you go dump truck an awful Duquesne program. Well, now Tuesday you get the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. Granted, it's at UD Arena, but Tiz, that's a team that just spanked VCU at the at the Riley Center on their campus. So perspective there that it was a home game, but still, St. Bonaventure dismantled VCU by 20 last night. Now they're coming into your house, so we'll see if the consistency level can continue with the Bonnies coming into town on Tuesday night. Yeah, absolutely, and the Bonnies, you know, are going to be fired up. They're going to want payback for what the Flyers did at the Riley Center to them last year because that was <laughs> Dayton won that game by three points, and the Bonnies could not buy a shot. They could not miss uh, last night against VCU. Jalen Attaway, 25 points. But uh, the focus right now, of course, is on the Flyers and the way that they play. I mean, but like you said, though, John, if Dayton has got an opportunity to take advantage uh, of what's in front of them, you know, you're not going to get the games back that they lost early in the season. Now it's about conference play. And you and I have mentioned this over the years. Road wins are just golden in, uh, in conference play. They just are. And when you can go onto someone else's opponent, I'm going to quote something Kurt Schilling said back in 2004 against the Yankees. And he said, there is no greater feeling than making 55,000 fans in Yankee Stadium shut up. Well, you know what? There's no greater feeling than making a bunch of fans on the road, and whether it's in Duquesne, whether it's in the Riley Center, whether it's in VCU, there's no greater feeling than going on the road and silencing those people by doing what you do and taking care of business. Well, that's what the Flyers did. Granted, um, was it against a good Duquesne team? No. Duquesne starting over again. Um, Granted, GW, empty floor. But again, with the way that this Flyer program historically has been on the road, uh, the road issues, Dayton has played rather decently the last three, three to four years on the road in conference play. They've done a decent job, and they did that again today. Uh, Deron Holmes with a solid alley-oop, especially that one at the end of the half, and then I think he started the second half with even more dunks. Um, Kobe Elvis continuing his solid play. Uh, R.J. Blakeney, I thought, played well, uh, getting a steal and a layup uh, in the second half. Mally Smith, John, again, the stat line, six points, but seven assists. Uh, they just This was a solid performance, and when the walk-ons come in, that's usually a very good sign because we haven't seen the walk-in walk-ons come on uh, during a basketball game. But again, uh, the Flyers again taking care of business, seventy-two fifty-two. They improved to now eleven and six on the season, and now it's on the St. Bonaventure Tuesday night at the Dayton Decibel Dungeon. Yeah, there's no better feeling than going into the UPMC Cooper Fieldhouse and telling all fifty-five Duquesne fans that were there to shut up. What a raucous crowd there in Pittsburgh. Oh, yes. Um, you know, not a big draw is that basketball team. That's and true. kudos to the Dayton fans for showing out uh, in Pittsburgh. That's a, that's a short drive from Dayton. Pittsburgh's a pretty decent alumni base for uh, the University of Dayton as well. So you always get great flyer support there yeah. uh, in Pittsburgh. So good to see that as well. And, of course, as we know, Tizzy, uh, it wouldn't be a Keith Dambrot team if he wasn't dealing with losing three transfers. <laughs> if I you know. lose three, your top four scores. Marcus Weathers, Tavian Dunn, Martin, and Chad Baker all on to bigger and better things at SMU, Florida Gulf Coast, and San Diego State, respectively. Sometimes with some of those departures over with uh, the Dan Broad deals with it, it's kind of a head-scratcher with, with what he's had going on over the last few years. But 
that's besides the point now, but it's it's just funny to see another Keith Dambrot team that, well, we're, three of our top four scorers are gone because they transferred. Well, shocker. But, hey, you know, with Dayton today, Tizzy, it was impressive for me in the first half, as I mentioned. It was about as close to a wire-to-wire win as you could get, as you could get for Dayton because their last deficit was at 7-4. They tie it at that point with 17 minutes left in the first half, and they're off and running. In the first half, to me, they set the tone uh, because they were starting to pull away even by the under 12, which was kind of goofy because they went so long without a break to start that game. They almost blew past the under 16. Uh, they almost made the under 16 the under 12 because the first break in the action was at 12-18. Dayton's up four uh, by just a little less than a minute of gameplay later at 11-25. They're already up seven. Dayton's starting to, starting to pull away even by the time we reach the under 12 uh, in that first frame. But you had all three levels of the offense working. Uh, they were on fire from beyond the three-point line from, from the, in the first half, and really for the game. I mean, they shoot, what, 44% from beyond the arc. That's, that's a pretty good clip from beyond the three-point line. There was a lot of mid-range game, too. You saw guys like Deron Holmes and Molly Smith pulling up for some mid-range jumpers, and there was plenty of rim running in the first half, too. Plenty of dunks, plenty of aggressive drives to the bucket. So you had all three levels of the offense, I think, firing on all three cylinders virtually, and you go into the break up 12. Uh, I think Kobe Elvis Tizzy has solidified his role as an offensive spark plug. Um, he had, uh, what did he have? He had 10 at the break. He finished with 16, only behind yep. uh, Deron Holmes. Deron Holmes continues to just be a dude, and it just feels good for this team to, as Anthony said in his postgame comments with Larry, maybe starting to develop that little bit of consistency and to see them just blow out a team in Duquesne that, quite frankly, you should you should blow out. But how refreshing is it to see this Dayton team taking care of business in back-to-back road games when that hasn't always been the case recently or historically for this program? Great to see this effort today from Dayton. Yeah, it really was, and it, there's no question about it. And the other thing I liked about it, I like Coach Grant also calling a timeout. This after Duquesne cut it, I think it was what? Either 29-20, yeah, it was 29-20, uh, Dayton led. This was after a Kevin Easley layup with about 5.13 left to go. And then Coach Grant calls a timeout. Was Dayton in trouble? No, but they were starting to lose a little bit of momentum. And what does Coach Grant do? He calls a timeout. And, yeah, they got a missed layup, but then it led to a Duquesne then gets a turnover, and Colby Elvis comes right back and scores to make it 31-20, also to kind of reassert things. And then, but I what I liked about it, John, is that, Coach Grant had control of this game. He said, guys, we're okay. Just keep doing what we're doing. And that's the thing that I like. You know what? Don't let things get out of control and get back into bad habits. I mean, how many times, John, did we hear during the broadcast Keith Wallacekowski saying this, repeating this at will when this game was uh, pretty much in, in control? Don't develop bad habits. And it was good to see the Flyers for the, do that, for the most part do that. Yep, Dayton a 20-point winner, 72-52 over Duquesne. That's now three in a row. That's called a winning streak for your Dayton Flyers. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's news and talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. The Dayton Flyers go to Pittsburgh and turn it into a laugher. 72-52. The Flyers, a winner in a 20-point runaway. Dayton has now won seven of the last eight in their series against the Duquesne Dukes. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. We're taking this thing until 3.30 after Dayton's win gets them to 11-6 and overall. 3-1 and now in 8-10 play, and it's looking like a team that is heating up uh, in the Atlantic 10 and that they can find a level of consistency, finally, this year. <laughs> that would certainly be welcome uh, for Dayton fans. And Tiz, as we mentioned, it's good to see Dayton go to Duquesne and take care of business in a big way because on one hand, Dayton fan can look at this and say, well, of course they beat Duquesne. They should. That's not a very good Dukes team. Well, yes, but historically and even recently, that's a venue that has not been kind to Dayton. Remember, these two teams split last year. Dayton won at UD Arena, but then also lost to the Dukes in Pittsburgh as they opened up the renovated, formerly A.J. Palumbo Center. They lost 69-64 in Pittsburgh last year. Um, so this is a road venue that's that's not always been kind to this Dayton program historically. Um, so a relief to see them just beat the brakes off the Dukes. And Tiz, a week after, you, you went to GW and you know, boat race them by 25 in an empty gym in D.C. last week. Yeah, absolutely. And for some reason, the Flyers in years past have had issues, whether it was down where the peng- at the arena where the Penguins have played in years past. I don't have the name off the top of my head, but whether it was Ron Everhart's team. Yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Whether it was when Ron, Ron Everhart was uh, coaching that team during the, the Brian Gregory, when Brian Gregory and Archie Miller was coaching that, somehow they always had their number. Uh, and it was good to see the Flyers take care of business, and that's what you want. And what this was the first time I think uh, our buddy Adam on Twitter said this was not even the dream season. Dream season of two years ago, they did not have back-to-back wins of twenty points or more. Well, this team did on and the road. Was, on the road, right? On the road, right? On the road, this was a very impressive win. Uh, Dayton didn't leave from start to finish. The two teams went back and forth, but really, Dayton took control of this one really after they took the lead 9-7 on a couple of dunks by Deron Holmes and then Kobe Elvis just went absolutely three he was in the zone and he just you know both of them had career highs a very impressive performance by the Flyers and that's what you want go go on the road and uh take care of things and that's what they did today yeah I mean you look at just across the board in the stat sheet first of all the thing that sticks out to me is they finally finally they take care of the ball 10 turnovers, that's acceptable. You like to keep it to 10. I mean, ideally single digits, nine or fewer in a game. But Archie Miller used to preach all the time, Tiz, you try to keep it to 10 or fewer turnovers in a game. So finally, Dayton is uh, takes care of the ball today, just 10 turnovers. They rebound the ball 35 times. They were plus 11 on the boards, 19 assists on 31 made field goals. They shoot 53% from the floor, 44% from beyond the arc. And Tiz, here's the other thing, too. They only attempted three free throws today. Their first free throws of the game was with, I believe, Tumani Kamara stepping to the line with 13.06 left in the second half. I mean, that's, as as one of my, my buddies tweeted during the game, that's the bad look for Duquesne. I mean, Tiz, you wallop them, uh, and you're up 19 by the point where you're going to the free throw line for the first time with 13 minutes left in that game. I mean, they just dismantled this Dukes team today. Yeah, and Duquesne went to the line five times. So, I mean, just Duquesne just seems to be was playing one-on-one basketball. And just for the most part, yeah, they had four guys in double figures, but it was all on the one-on-one. They were not. Dayton was moving the ball so much better. 19 assists.
in this game, like you said, John, to 10 turnovers. Duquesne, they only had eight assists to their 21 made field goals. So just Dayton just did a very good job on both sides of the court, moving the basketball well. Because, yeah, you had Mally Smith with seven assists, but you had Tamani Kamara who had four assists, Kobe Elvis three assists. So, I mean, it wasn't just Mally Smith with a good four game, overall four game with six points and seven assists, but other guys I thought played well as well. Kamara, 9.6 rebounds, the four assists that I mentioned. But this was overall a very impressive performance by the Dayton Flyers, and they get their 11th win of the year. And, yes, Three games in a row, and yes, as Lou Brown would, would mention it in Major League, because, John, we believe in using that philosophy. That is called a winning streak. It has happened before. <laughs> we got we got a good feeling about this bunch, the way they, yes, they might do, be starting Jackie. to turn the corner. You know, I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see. But uh, Deron Holmes with another block today. Yeah. He had one on the afternoon, which which is a quiet afternoon for, for Deuce when it comes to blocks. But he now has 42 blocks through 17 games coming into this afternoon he was on pace for 79 which as you mentioned in your pregame and a little bit ago tis here in the postgame show that would 79 would shatter the all-time Dayton Flyers block record for a season which currently is held by the late great Steve McElvain Big Steve had 55 in his final season as a flyer Mm -hmm. in that 2015-16 season uh, for UD so Holmes with again 42 blocks through 17 games you think uh, with, uh, what, f- uh, 14 A-10 games left plus the A-10 tournament is, I think it's pretty safe to say Deuce is going to nab that uh, that block record for the season with having 42 through uh, 17 games now. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, Duran just is becoming that enforcer and uh, maybe a leading candidate to be Atlanta 10 uh, Rookie of the Week. Of course, there's some other pretty good rookies that the uh, A-10 has got, but uh, the Flyers got two pretty good ones, and Mally Smith and Deron Holmes. Uh, both of them have been named that numerous times. We'll see if that happens when the uh, awards are handed out on Monday. Uh, one thing before we go to break, Anthony Grant show Monday night from Frickers on Woodman Drive. Coach Grant will be speaking by remote. Former Flyer, Ed Young, will also be there. That's the Anthony Grant Show Monday night at 7 o'clock right here on the home of the Flyers, WHIO Radio. Yep, very good. Yeah, Dayton, 20-point winner today, 72. 52 are the Duquesne Dukes. And, I mean, if this team starts to heat up, Tizzy, watch out, because I really do believe that, I mean, talent-wise, I think they have they can match up with anybody in this conference. I mean, yeah, Bonaventure's going to be a tough challenge Tuesday because Mark Schmidt, as we know, great coach. It's a really experienced, that is a, a really, really veteran old bunch that he's got in uh, at St. Bonaventure right now. So we'll see. But, I mean, talent-wise, you put this team up against anybody in this conference this year, Tiz. They're just flat-out more talented than just about every team in this conference. I mean, Davidson's playing uh, red hot right now. They are playing. Yeah. This, I mean, they've won. What did you say, Tiz? They've ripped off 13 in a row now, have the Wildcats. Straight. Now Dayton doesn't see them for a while. They don't see we don't see Davidson until the calendar turns to March. So we'll see how if they've come back down to earth maybe a little bit by that point. But Davidson certainly is playing very well right now. They look like the class of the conference at this point. Yeah. Bonaventure is I think starting to rebound after sort of coming back to earth after their top twenty five start uh, and some of the wins they got in the non conference. Um, but also, man, tis this Dayton team. Like I said, they're as talented as anybody here. And if they get hot, I mean, watch out, because I think they're more than capable of winning this 8-10 tournament. And, and right now, they're looking like a top three or four team in the league. No reason they can't be by this. From, from what they've, they've shown us in the last week, no reason they can't be a top three or four team in this league. No, there's no question about it. And look, th- this is a Flyer team that is going to be a team that's going to have to win uh, 
they're going to have to win the A-10 tournament. There's just absolutely no question about it, given the losses they had in NUNC to start the season. Uh, UMass, Will, Lipscomb, and Austin P. we talked about this at Will, John. But you're not getting those games back. Now it's about what are you going to do now. Um, Dayton is going to have to be, and an, it's an auto bid. They're going to have to win the Atlantic 10 tournament. Can Dayton do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they still have not played Davidson yet. We're going to find out what happens when they played St. Bonaventure next, uh, coming up on Tuesday night. But there's just so much basketball left to play. And if Dayton can take care of business against the bottom feeders, and you and I were talking about this not just last week, but in the last segment, uh, this was an area that the Flyers had so much problems uh, last year. I mean, remember they lost on the road at Fordham at St. Joseph's. Well, they've already taken care of business against a couple of the bottom feeders at George Washington. I'm sorry to say this, John. I'm going to consider Duquesne as one of the bottom feeders. Um, oh, for given sure. The way, yes. Given the way that they yes. looked, uh, they absolutely, Demir, considered one of the bottom feeders. I don't know what it's going to be like for the Dukes at the end of the season, but they looked like it to me. And it was, and, and it's good to see the Flyers go on the road and absolutely um, take them to the woodshed. And that's exactly what they did this afternoon over in Pittsburgh. So for the Flyers, it's just so important because not only you mentioned this earlier, this is it, it gives a young Flyer team confidence, but it also you don't have. It just, like you said, it just it gives this team so much confidence, and it's a young team that's going to gain more confidence, especially when you go up against when you got tougher games ahead. When you still got one more road game at St. Louis, you still got the road game at VCU, then you still got two games against Rhode Island, the makeup game on February fourteenth. You still got a January twenty fifth game against Fordham. Fordham surprisingly off to a night nice start with a new head coach, uh, and they're nine and five, and they're t- they're giving St. Louis a ball game to start. So the Flyers still got their work cut out for them, but I'm liking what this team is doing right now, especially uh, after that loss to VCU. Yeah, and don't forget LaSalle was one of the clunkers they had last year, too. I mean, they lost to LaSalle at UD Arena. Now, the context was it was an empty arena. That was one of the games I was at last year, and it was empty because of COVID. But, yeah, I mean, LaSalle and and Fordham and the other loss that you mentioned that they had last year on the road, Tiz, that just wasn't any good. Um, and you think of like historically, the, I remember so many hair pullingly frustrating games with the Ron Everhart and Brian Gregory era. I mean, th- those yeah. Duquesne teams in that era were good, but they weren't that good. But my God, mm-hmm. Tizzy, Ron Everhart just had Brian Gregory's number. And they just, whether it was at UD Arena or the Palumbo Center back in the day, I just, oh, they just always had Dayton's number and was just, they always seemed to come at such inopportune times of the year, too. Um, so it's good to see Dayton, you know, like I said, take care of business today and go to Duquesne, a 20 point runaway. You get to 11 and six, mm-hmm. three and one. And if this team gets hot, you know, I mean, who knows? And I, speaking of frustrating, I'm sure there's a lot of Dayton fans that look at this team right now and go, where in the hell was this back in November against Austin P and Lipscomb and UMass Lowell? Because I mean, there's a big difference Tiz, and I, I, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much, but Dayton, how can you not look at this team as a Dayton fan and go, God, what a difference between 11 and 6 and 14 and 3 would be right now? Yeah, and absolutely. 14 and 3 with the kind of resume wins they have because Miami and Kansas and Belmont and Virginia Tech and all these great wins they've got. But right now, they're for naught because of the three bye game losses that have totally sunk their ship. And they're in a position where, as you mentioned, they've got to win the A 10 tournament if they got any hope at the NCAA tournament. But 
right now, Tizzy, I mean, if they can keep, and granted, it's a long 18-game A-10 stretch, but if they can mm-hmm. keep this together, you know, who knows? I mean, they look like a team now. They could take on, I'm even thinking, man, where was this against VCU last week, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, they can play like exactly. this. I think you feel pretty good about Dayton's chances going down the road the rest of the year. Let's just see if they can, now that they seem to have found a level of consistency, finally, can they bottle this up, Tiz? And now the challenge is, can you keep it going as you move forward? That That is going to be the challenge. There's absolutely no question about that. And this is a team that is growing. I mean, what was the set I think we saw when I was watching the GW game the, uh, the other day? Dayton has over 70% of their roster that is freshman. But the thing is, there's room for growth because that's the thing you see with these freshmen. You get better and better with more playing time. You know, Deron Holmes is going to get better and better. Mally Smith, I mean, look, the sky is the limit with him, not just with his no-fear attitude, but this is a guy who just has just absolutely taken the realm as the leader on this team as the floor general. Um, I'm liking the growth that I'm seeing from Kobe Elvis, especially the last uh, three games against GW. Yeah, he had five points, but still his confidence really started to regain itself, especially after uh, after those two, three games he had against, I think, Belmont and Alabama State, where he played pretty well in those games in Northern Illinois as well. And we're starting to see Kobe Elvis play with that confidence to give the Flyers some of that consistency that they need from the perimeter, and not just from three-point land, but you mentioned that mid-range, that mid hitting some of those mid-range jumpers that you need. But when you can get that level of consistency, Mustafa Amzil, of course, you know, hitting the uh, the finish as we mentioned against Kansas, that buzzer beater. Um, you know, he's playing with some confidence the last three games. And the other thing we talked about this, we we mentioned this especially as poorly as that bench played against VCU. The bench has been very productive in these last three games. And for the Flyers to have the success, especially as they get into tougher competition coming up in the next four, I think, looking at the schedule, the next three out of the next four games, St. Bonaventure, George Mason, Fordham, and Rhode Island. And I, listen, I know it's, I know people say, oh, well, it's Fordham. I Fordham, I think that game's going to be tougher than people think. Yeah, it's at the arena. But and George Mason on the road. But for these next four games coming up, Dayton's going to need that bench performance because, look, it's not going to get easier uh, as, as you get to the A-10. And, but it starts Tuesday night against St. Bonaventure. You can't look ahead to your next game, the next four games. you got to focus on the, neck, on the game. It's the old adage, one game at a time, and that's uh, St. Bonaventure. Yeah, for this one game this afternoon, Dayton a winner in a big way. A 20-point win over the Duquesne Dukes. Get the Flyers to 11-6 and overall. Three and one now in Atlantic 10 play. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Flyer Feedback. The Dayton Flyers went to Pittsburgh this afternoon, and they absolutely outclassed the Duquesne Dukes. Dayton 72, Duquesne 52. The final from Pittsburgh. Dayton a 20-point winner. They've now won three in a row 
and that's two straight Atlantic 10 road games. The Flyers have won by at least 20 points. They thumped the GW Colonials by 25 a week ago today on the road in D.C. They turn around to beat the Dukes by 20 this afternoon, and now they look ahead to what should be a really good one Tuesday night at UD Arena, the St. Bonaventure Bonnies team that was top 25 preseason. They've come down back to earth just a little bit since then, and Dayton getting hot at the right time. And don't forget, as we mentioned earlier a few segments ago, this is a Bonaventure team that thumped VCU on Friday night, last night, by 20 themselves uh, in western New York. So should be a good one at UD Arena. Uh, tonight, this afternoon, Tiz, good to see Dayton, as Anthony mentioned in his postgame comments, maybe starting to find some level of consistency. This team has been all over the map this year. Um, you know, you wonder what would have happened had they not had that two-week break against VCU when they just looked flat. But, again, you can't do anything about that. Uh, at this point, that is what it is, and, and they look to have found some sort of groove, and the vibes around this team, once again, are pretty good this year, Tiz. They, yeah, they're definitely have improved. You know, there's, there were some, there were moments in which, there were moments where this team has looked good. Look, we saw that in, uh, in Orlando when they uh, won the ESPN Events Invitational, when they beat uh, Miami, uh, when they beat Kansas and Belmont. And of course, um, they went on to, uh, uh, that, that kind of propelled them a little bit. They won five games in a row. Uh, and then, of course, losing to SMU, beating a good Virginia Tech team. And then, uh, then they had that uh, little uh, two-week stretch in between games between against Southern and VCU. Now they got make they'll have makeup games against St. Bonaventure on a Tuesday night, the 18th, and then the makeup game Valentine's Day night against Rhode Island in Kingston. But uh, now I like what this Flyer team is doing. They're they're playing good basketball. Coach Grant talked about it. Uh, holding an opponent to 52 points, I uh, was very happy with the defensive effort. Uh, mentioned that to our Larry Hanskin, but also was happy with the way of the unselfishness that of, of his team as well. 19 assists uh, to the 31 field goals that they had. Uh, this was a very impressive showing by the Flyers, 72 points. Uh, yeah, it, the, the teams, I mean, both teams, John, went back and forth, and you allude, we alluded to this during the, uh, dur- during the show. Uh, it was 7-7, and then uh, the Flyers took control on a couple of dunks by Deron Holmes. Uh, Deron, we're starting to see Deron Holmes assert himself um, really since the second half of that VCU game, uh, when he had one point in the second half, in the first half. But since then, we have really seen a very good effort by this Flyer team to get the ball to Deron Holmes. And we've seen, um, we've seen the results. The Flyers have, uh, have performed pretty well, winning three of their last four games. Yeah, and he led the way with 18 this afternoon, and Deron Holmes was a big reason uh, why it turned into just a long, deflating afternoon for the Duquesne Dukes and Dayton in a runaway. One of the big points for me, a couple of things. One, Kobe Elvis continuing to solidify himself as an offensive spark plug. He had 16 on the afternoon. But then also, Tiz, the fact that they finally took care of the ball. I mean, 10 turnovers for this team. That's You love to see that from a Dayton team that has really, really been on the struggle bus, driving it this year when it comes to turning over the ball. So you take care of the ball this afternoon. Um, and then I, I just, I'm really impressed by the fact that, like I said, They've had two straight conference road games now where you've won by at least 20 points. 20 today, 25 against GW. I mean, I, I don't think that can be overstated how impressive that is. I don't care how bad uh, some of your conference opponents are. When you go into their place in an empty arena in GW last week because of COVID and because of a mostly empty arena today in Pittsburgh because of the support the Tattoo Cane program gets, or lack thereof, that's impressive. When you just go into their house and just thump them, 
that's that's hard to do, and it's really impressive for this team to win two straight road games by 20 points or more. Yeah, this has been, this has been a very – these last two road games have been very impressive for the Dayton Flyers, but also I thought Dayton's performance against St. Louis for the most part was impressive too. Um, yep. A good St. Louis team as well. They took advantage of the foul trouble that Uri Collins had when it was uh, 43-40, and they took advantage and went on uh, that uh, that 14-2 run. I know you and Keith talked about it uh, the other night. I don't want to go too far into that. But, look, uh, Dayton has responded really well following that loss to VCU. And, look, that was a game Dayton should have won. They did not play well to start, and that came back. And it, and not going to say cost them the game, but it was one of several reasons they lost that game. But the Flyers have battled back, and they've won three of their last four games, and now it's on to uh, St. Bonaventure on uh, Tuesday night. And, folks, this is a good St. Bonaventure team. Um, you know, St. Bonaventure won the uh, Charleston Classic, uh, I think, knocking off Marquette. Marquette is uh, under uh, – former VCU coach Shaka Smart now, and this is a good veteran St. Bonaventure basketball team. Um, Dayton's going to have their hands full on Tuesday night. You and I have talked about Mark Schmidt over the years. Uh, he came in when this program was not in good shape following the problems, uh, un- un- following some of the violations, uh, NCAA violations. But since then, uh, Schmidt's done a very good job. Very good job of rebuilding this program. They got to the NCAA tournament initially with Andrew Nicholson back in 2012. And he's got another solid program this year. They've always been solid. They've been consistent. And they're they're really good this year. And, you know, they had some bouts of COVID. Uh, they, uh, they got out of Philadelphia with a tough win uh, the other night. But uh, they had a solid performance last night against VCU, winning by 20 points. And... Uh, We'll see what the Flyers are made of come uh, Tuesday night at the Dayton Decibel Dungeon because it was you were there, John. It got loud, really loud, a couple of times uh, in that game against St. Louis in the round one of the Arch Baron Cup. Yeah, it was uh, as you mentioned an impressive win, different different kind of style. And, and even though, as we've talked about, that this edition of Travis Ford's Billikins is a little more high, a lot more high scoring than you're you're used to seeing with them. I mean, it's still just as impressive to gut out a 68-63 win, little little lower scoring affair uh, compared to what was you know bookended by that game with GW and Duquesne. But obviously, a, a much better St. Louis team compared to either of these Colonials or Duke squads. Um, but an impressive win Tuesday night, and even though. Uh, they got a little tight at the end there. They're still, I think this Dayton team is, it shows they're still learning how to salt games away late um, better than they have been down the stretch in games that are that close. But uh, it's been an impressive week, Tiz. 25-point win at GW, hanging on to beat a really good, not a really good, but a, a good St. Louis team at home on Tuesday and now going to Duquesne and smacking them around by 20. And really, I, I, I thought, Tiz, they really, Dayton really removed all doubt. I mean, by the time we got to the under 12 break in the first half at 11.25 left, Dayton was up seven. I mean, they, you really felt like Dayton had control from that point on. They got the Dukes out to an arm length, and then the rest of the, the, the media timeouts, I mean, they're up 13. By the time we reach the under eight, you pause for the under four, they're up nine. So right. Duquesne climbs back a little bit by that point. They're up 12 at the break. And then the fourth media timeouts in the first and the second half, they're up 19, 19, 23, and 20, which ended up being the final margin of victory. I mean, this this just felt like Dayton was in control from the really early goings of this one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they really, 
they really seem to take control. Now, the first two timeouts were because the under-16 timeout came near the under-12 timeout because both teams couldn't miss, but eventually they they got everything back on track. But yeah, the, the Flyers really uh, had really, this game really was not in doubt in, a, until really once the Flyers took the lead because really Kobe Elvis got hot. You know, they got a couple of baskets from Kamara. Kobe Brea hit a couple of trays as well in the first half, but really... Once the Flyers took the lead, John, this game was really not much in doubt. And the thing that I like, and you mentioned this as well, Dayton was able to play with a lead and not get into some bad habits. That's something that Keith Walskowski talked about with Larry Hanskin during the broadcast. And that really did not happen. The turnovers, you'd like to see it below 10. You you mentioned that uh, during the show already. It was right at 10, right where you wanted to be and look turnovers have been a problem for this flyer team all year but you like to see the assist to turnover ratio nearly a two to one well it was at that 19 assists to 10 turnovers so the flyers not only did they take care of business today in pittsburgh but it was done in a very impressive way uh, for their 11th win of the season three and one in the atlantic 10 yeah they took control of this one very early they held on to it, and it adds up to a 20-point win against a Duquesne team that has, at times, been a thorn in this Flyers program side uh, over the last many years of uh, this series. Although Dayton has now won seven of the last eight, so recently Dayton's done a good job of sort of flipping the script. It's always been a uh, – I feel like it's always a close game, you know, when you need to – because they know each other intimately well. It is. These two teams have been playing each other twice a year for – as long as I can remember, and really, I mean, when you look at the overall series, it's always a surprise to me to see Dayton lead now 58-24 because you, f- you feel like it's always a close game with these two teams or it's always, uh, you'll see how it plays out. But today, Dayton removed any and all doubt early and often a 20-point win, 72-52 for the Dayton Flyers this afternoon. So that's going to do it for us. We will see you on the radio Tuesday for Dayton and St. Bonaventure at UD Arena. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdale saying thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the radio Tuesday. Until then, go Flyers.